Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of my podcast, Edification and Wellbeing, previously called PEN Health Beyond Fitness. In this podcast, I explore the worlds of health and education from a social, cultural, historical, philosophical, psychological, and scientific perspectives, and how these affect how we see, react, and engage in learning and healthy practices. Edification is the instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. This concept is also synonym with, build, with building up, improvement, and development. Well-being is the state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy, and it is also defined as a good, satisfactory condition of existence. I am your host, Juan Baez, or JB for short. I possess a bachelor's in physical education, a double MBA in global business management and international marketing, and various certifications in exercise and fitness training. I have an insatiable fascination for human health, behavior, and learning. I have been working in the education and health fields for over 16 years, having worked at schools, gyms, fitness studios, physical and occupational therapy clinics, fitness and health-related equipment and product companies, as well as a freelance personal trainer and exercise coach. Over the years, I have worked with students, rehabilitation patients, elders, workers, athletes of all ages and different sports, along other health, education, business, and other professionals, and with people from all walks of life. Based on my experience, I have come to the conclusion that our education and health are missing something. Join me, and let's explore together these topics as they evolve. Let's go back to the past and learn about their origins. Let's talk about them and see how we can implement old practices and new ideas and methods in order to find more efficient and intuitive ways to learn and live healthy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of ENW Podcast or Edification and Wellbeing Podcast. Um, as I've said before, as I always start, thank you for listening and, and listening means participation. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, I would say just I will encourage you to participate by asking me questions uh, uh, or reaching out to me. Uh, making comments or even leaving me a review on, on Apple Podcasts that will give me a lot of more, uh, of, I would say, inspiration, not necessarily motivation. Motivation is already here, and I'm doing it because of that. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, share this with your friends and family and uh, talk uh, uh, talk about the topics that I'm talking about in this podcast. Um, and uh, the Consider donation to my podcast. Uh, you can do that visiting my anchor.fm uh, website. And uh, you just click where it says support this podcast. And uh, you have like three different uh, options for donations. You can donate like 99 cents a month. Then there is $4.99 and then there is $9.99. I need to make that clear because I, I've been saying $10.99 is not $10.99, it's $9.99 per month uh, so you can just put your information you can just donate one time and then just cancel uh, the, the, the the donation or you can just keep it uh, keep it going for as long as you feel like um, so if you feel like this podcast is uh, uh, bringing information that is of value to you then consider that uh, and as I've been saying I use uh, or, 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 or 
I consider or the plan for the donations is for accessing more research about uh, for the things that I'm exploring or sharing in this podcast and for the book that I'm writing. Uh, as an example, I was uh, one of the topics that I've been working on is on, on codependency is a, 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 an, a, an episode that is going to be on the psychology of codependency. And it is also a topic that I'll be talking on the book. And well, I, you know, I found some excerpts, uh, but then from there, you know, each paper is $100, $300 and accessing these things, well, I don't come cheap. So donations will help with that. Um, and we'll also donate with other things that are related to the book and podcast, just like, you know, traveling and not necessarily airplane traveling, but, you know, gas money and things like that to go and meet with people uh, for interviewing uh, on the podcast and for the book as well. Um, and uh, so consider that uh, I'll have all the information in the description of this episode uh, for my anchor.fm uh, website. And there you have all of the episodes for the podcast too. Okay. Um, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help uh, tremendously. Or any anywhere else that, you've, that you have uh, the capacity to, to leave a review. Also on my email. You can either go to uh, quantum.fithealth at gmail.com or contact at quantumfithealth.com and... It all, it all goes to the same email and, you know, let me know what you think about the podcast. Uh, my contact information is also there to uh, uh, for you to reach out to me, uh, as I said, for comment or co- comments or questions. But as uh, I've been talking or, 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 or I would say inquiring about uh, having conversations with, with people, people who are uh, professionals in the world of education, uh, behavioral psychology or the psychology, psychology in general, human evolution, literacy, biology, psych, uh, physiology, health, physical education and fitness, biomechanics, nutritional sciences, or any other educational or, or health-related uh, uh, field. So uh, if you are one of these people and, and you feel like you, we can have a conversation in, in my podcast, send me an email. Let me know, hey, my name is, you know, put your name. Uh, what is it that you do and 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 I'll contact you either via phone or via the internet and we'll we'll make it happen that will be super interesting uh, uh, you can also contact me via Twitter uh, at beyond underscore pe or on Facebook and Instagram at quantum dot fit health uh, all that information will be anyways on the description of, of the episode uh, so, and yeah, so the next topic, today's topic is not going to be necessarily a, 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 a very, uh, I would say, formed one. I didn't take the time to sort of like put things in a specific order. Uh, and what happened is that, is that last week, my whole family, including me and I think even the dog, we all got, uh, uh, we all got, had the flu. It was so something crazy. My daughter brought it from school. There was an outbreak at school, and then from there, uh, we took my daughter to to her primary doctor, and the office was packed with people with the flu, parents and kids and grandma and grandfathers and well everybody. It was all a beautiful cocktail of bacteria and everybody coughing and sneezing and vomiting and well, 
all of these beautiful natural stuff stuff that happened in our body. Um, so I spent the whole week sort of like uh, wandering around home and maybe reading a little bit. I did. I couldn't even study. Uh, it was uh, that intense. I was shaking and I was cold and well. But I was watching a few things and just reading our, our articles and research papers and stuff. And I and I took a few notes uh, on comments that I that I I feel like they're interesting and I feel that they're that I could share with you. So that's that's basically this episode, me sharing uh, notes that I took last week while I was uh, 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 with the flu uh, in no specific order. So I'll just comment, you know, uh, talk on the talk about the notes and make some comments and just continue to the next note and whatnot. <clears throat> okay, but uh, I do have another uh, two more episodes lined up. Um, well, three more episodes lined up, not necessarily in a, in a specific order, but next week I'll be recording uh, for the following episodes with a good friend of mine who is a, she is a, 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 a atmospheric physicist, uh, Dr. Myra Oljola, who um, she lives in California and she works for, uh, I think, some government agency that related, related to studying uh, you know, the atmosphere and aerosols and things like that. She's also a marathon runner and she does uh, um, mountain hiking or mountain running long distances. So we're going to be talking about that and her, her, you know, her experience as a former athlete and, uh, and her journey through health and fitness and, and how she came to just running and not doing anything else, if she's not doing anything else or doing whatever it is. But she also mentioned in a conversation we we're having on Facebook about how aerosols or aerosols, I don't know, however it is that is uh, mentioned, how they affect, uh, ha- ha- have an effect on health. So we're going to talk about how the environment and how the atmosphere, atmosphere has an effect on our health, which is, I think, super interesting and, and again one of the things that I'm, 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 I'm exploring through this journey that is the podcast and the book uh, and then uh, I have another uh, episode that will be by myself uh, in which I'm, I'm going to be talking about as I said codependency and the psychology of it I'll be sharing some research very interesting stuff out there when it comes to that I do believe that we have become very codependent of of diets and 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 certain uh, uh, belief systems and exercises and and the superfoods and all of these crazy things and movements out there that I believe are are causing more harm than good. Uh, so I'm gonna be talking about that and uh, again it's theories and 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 different. I think I also found information about a test. A self test that uh, that we can do or that people can do. It's nothing that I made up. I just found it uh, um, to in order to help determine if you're uh, are codependent uh, on something and 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 perhaps discussing ways on how to not be codependent and those things. So that's that's very interesting. And then there's another person that agreed uh, to collaborate here in the podcast, having a conversation. Uh, I'll I'll be. This is one is not uh, entirely uh, set, but super interesting. Uh, a person who is in the fifties, in his fifties, is a physical indicator too, and he does parkour at that age. 
And I, I found it quite interesting and very intriguing because normally you think of someone in, in, in their 50s and you don't think of them doing parkour. Uh, and I follow him on, uh, him on Instagram and he uh, I saw the, I see the videos that he posts and the movements he do and and it's very interesting. So we're going to talk about that anyways. Um, okay. And so again, as far as, as, as a specific topic for this podcast today, it's not necessarily something specific, just notes that I took and I want to share with you. Okay. Uh, and yeah. Uh, oh, before I continue, also the voicemail feature, you can go to uh, download the, the uh, anchor.fm app. Uh, also, you can also do a podcast for yourself. This is a free thing. It's a non-paid advertisement. I should turn on the advertisement uh, feature. Um, but you can contact me through there. You can, uh, leave a voicemail. You visit my podcast and there is a button there and you can leave me a voicemail. Uh, you know, who you are, where you're from, what are your preferences when it comes to health and fitness and, and, and nutrition and health and education and literacy and all of these things. Um, what are the, your, 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 your practices? What do you think is best and whatnot? And uh, what do you think about my podcast? You know, if you think it's great, if you think it's good, if you think it's bullshit, or if you think, you know, that these are important things that we need to to be discussing. So use that feature. Is not if not, you can also you know like record something on your phone and send it to me via email, and 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 that will be interesting. And perhaps I can even play that at the beginning of my podcast. Uh, that will be super cool. So, anyways, I, I'm, I'm watching this Netflix show. I, I've watched only, I would say, two episodes, and it's called the all the guide, the user's guide to cheating death, and uh, it's with a, a Canadian Canadian doctor, I think, uh, who has basically what I'm doing. Same same thing that I'm doing with this with my book and and with the podcast. Uh, uh, he is in the mission of studying and exploring all of these methods and ideas that, that, and, 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 and belief systems that we are engaging on or in uh, that are apparently healthy, but that end up being much more harmful than anything else. Uh, and he's basically sort of like debunking these things and demystifying these things and, and, and showing the world that Perhaps we're we're not necessarily going in the right path with, you know, again crazy diets and and aesthetics, uh, aesthetical surgeries and and crazy exercises and 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 so and so, and um, one of the comments he he makes on that first episode, uh, the guy is called Timothy Caulfield. Uh, there's a, a very interesting article too on on, on the paper. That's how I found about the Netflix show. Um, he mentions about something about how popular culture is, is frames and tells us what we're supposed to look like. And that has a ton of truth, right? We were uh, open Instagram, for example, and you, there is hundreds or millions of people all over the world telling us about their hashtag success, about their hashtag uh, health, about their hashtag I don't know, winning uh, uh, methods and and telling us that that's what we got to do. Uh, and that's, that's 
I would say perhaps it could be an inspiration, not necessarily uh, 100%. I don't think it should be a 100% inspiration for people. I think it should be somewhat an inspiration. It's something we can sort of learn from as far as knowing what's going on out there, but not necessarily a, an inspiration as far as, okay, this person took a picture and it looks she looks like super hot or super happy or super successful. So, and she said that, you know, the way she came to be like that was showing her ass on, 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 on the internet. I don't think that should be the healthiest thing to do. Uh, and, and, and much less when these things are being accessed by everybody, including kids, right, and minors who, who's, I, I don't want to sound offensive, right, if there's, if there's any uh, minor or I would say under 18 or millennial or whatnot listening to this, but when there is no, not much uh, uh, education, educational background and life experiences and things like that, because that what does, what that's done is that create a distorted idea of how things are supposed to to be uh and it could be uh, i'd say it could be dangerous for our uh, personal and, and 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 collective education and it could be dangerous for our uh even economy and society and things like that so we have to be really careful on following popular popular culture i uh, talking about that i shared on my facebook uh group uh, you can find my Facebook group too. It's called Edification and Wellbeing, just like the podcast. Uh, and you just ask to join. And uh, I'm, I'm just—I don't discuss much there. It's just uh, interesting uh, news that I find, and articles that I find, and research that I find uh, that I find interesting. That, that and I and that I understand that everybody should sort of learn and 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 read in order to know what's going on out there to have a, an ample or bigger view of the world in that sense. Uh, so anyways, there was this video of Anne Hathaway, the actress Anne Hathaway, and she was being interviewed in the Helen uh, DeGeneres uh, show. And she came up with this uh, uh, orange peel cleanse, I think it was. And she... The, 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 they put an orange in everybody's, in, in every uh, um, uh, spectator, uh, a spectator's uh, chair, and then they, she was sort of guiding them through this ritual in which you smell the 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 orange and just deep breath and taking certain par patterns of breathing, and in the end, then she's asking them. Um, you know, are you feeling better? Are you feeling good and all that? And everybody was like, yeah, man, that feels great. And she was like, bullshit, that cannot be. I just made this shit up. And uh, I don't I don't think that was, there were necessarily her, her words, right? But anyway, she was saying, I just made this up. And, and she ended up saying that the point was that not because a, a celebrity tells us how to do or what to do something, or what to do, I'm sorry, we should do it. Just because they say it's healthy. Uh, and it has a great point too, just like this uh, Timothy Caulfield in, in the show. And it's like, we we follow actors and actresses that, uh, or, or celebrities in general, 
that they engage in uh, extremely dangerous diets or practices like Gwyneth Paltrow's, uh, you know, jaded jade eggs, you know, this sort of like stone that you women put up their vagina and that somehow cleanses fucking energies and spirit and whatnot. And these things are very dangerous. Uh, and, and, and more and more and more and more hospitals are being visited by, by patients with that have uh, consumed or, or, or penetrated things in their bodies that are not supposed to be there just because of these crazy practices. Um, so we have to be really careful with that. Uh, in the show, in the uh, uh, User's Guide to Sheet and Death, uh, I think it was a third, uh, second episode where it was talking about aesthetics and whatnot, and they were showing, uh, uh, they were demonstrating the dangers of, uh, uh, I think it was steaming, uh, steaming the vagina, right? Uh, and I think that's another Gwyneth Paltrow thing or one, uh, another of this Hollywood actresses that came up with this bullshit and there is this doctor uh Nobi Jin saying explaining the how dangerous it is how dangerous it is to, to for women to put their vagina on you know on top of a, a steaming pot of water how it could burn how it could literally create uh, you know damage yet one thing that I was uh, speaking last night with my wife uh, one thing that worries me about the social media and uh, about how we let popular popular culture uh, influence us is that unfortunately an influencer in social media or in the internet whether facebook instagram or whatever or, or a website sometimes they have much more power than a professional okay a honest doctor could be telling people just be careful with the type of exercises you do because you know you some of these exercises uh, are you know can cause injury and back issues and whatnot and then a, a, a celebrity comes out or an influencer in social media comes out and say this is the workout that you got to do and that's exactly the workout that a doctor is telling you hey just watch out you know exercising is good but at this level or whatever it is not necessarily healthy uh, but just because an actor and an actress and an influencer said it, now there's millions of people just jumping and doing that exercise just because they do it. Uh, and, but well, getting injured and getting uh, uh, sick and ill and whatnot. So it is a very, very, uh, it's very worrying in that aspect. Um, again, I was talking about that with my wife last night about you know, the, 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 the power of influence. Uh, and I, uh, because I was thinking about, you know, the same and of me, you know, I am a physical educator. I studied physical educator, education. I went to university for five years and I am a certified personal trainer and, and I've been certified for almost 20 years. And, you know, you, you keep up to date with, 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 uh, with research and new things and you take uh, continuing education and whatnot. And there are things that, I mean, any honest trainer out there or any, health coach or yoga teacher or whatnot, we come to the conclusion that sometimes some of these things that are coming out to, to uh, as a trend are dangerous practices, whether our exercises or whether uh, diets or not. And unfortunately, more and more and more people are trusting, again, an influencer more than an honest professional. 
Um, I've talked with clients about, or with, with prospecting clients about the, the, the dangers of, for example, going into, uh, not the, the possible dangers, I will be honest, not necessarily the danger, but the possible dangers are about, or engaging in, let's say, powerlifting type of exercises or going in marathon running when you haven't run in 20 years, you know, and you are, uh, uh, you are at a level of, at a level of obesity in which your body does not allow you to do that. Uh, and well, they just ignore it and, and see someone on social media do it and they just go and do it. And I see him on Facebook getting injured, wearing now knee braces. Now my back is hurting. Now I can't wake up in the morning. Well, now everything is messed up. But again, it's just because they follow more the, the, the ill advice of, of an influencer versus the honest advice and a healthy advice of a professional. That's a, that's a very crazy thing. Um, uh, one of the things that also this uh, person, uh, Timothy Caulfield, mentioned in the, in the show is about the, how the oh man, proliferance of uh, uh, like lunchtime peels or, or lunchtime aesthetics, quick aesthetic fixes, aesthetical fixes, right? You got peels, you got injections, you got whatever beauty uh, that you can do in 15 minutes during your lunchtime. And I'm thinking, damn it, we're not having lunchtime movements. We're not having lunchtime, uh, 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 you know, stretching. And we're not having, and I, that's something that I used to do many years ago uh, uh, while I was working in the office and I still do it, lunchtime movement. And I do a five minute stretch or, uh, you know, while I walk my dog, I do and go and jog with him or find a tree and I don't know, try to climb the tree or, or anything, but we're not seeing these things. It is like we are moving away from movement when, when uh, physical movement, physical activity, not exercise per se, but physical activity has been the, uh, the common denominator on, 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 on the common denominator or the biggest influence when it has come, when it comes to our evolution and when it has come to our adaptation and to the world and environment and things like that. Seems like like moving, uh, it's 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 being considered as an unnecessary, and well, we can see how that is having an effect, right? We can see how more people are hospitalized, more people are being injured with crazy exercises just because of, of uh, they're ignoring the, the the basic principles of human movement, or just people are engaging into diets and and dying because of these diets or developing uh, blood sugar issues or, you know, lung issues or, or, or heart issues and whatnot. So uh, perhaps, uh, and this is an advice to, to you if you are an exerciser or if you are a health professional, you know, tell your clients, have a little movement snack. Uh, this is a concept that I didn't come up with. I read it somewhere before, but you have a little movement snack, you know, stand off from that chair and if you are in an office, go downstairs or out and go to the parking lot and, you know, take a walk around the parking lot as, uh, you know, do speed walking uh, or do a few, uh, whatever stretch you can do in the parking lot or in the office. I, I, I promote outdoors better because we feel a little connected. Human beings are not made, we were not made to be enclosed in a place for hours and hours. So going outdoors will give us certain energy and certain motivation to, to look, to know, to, to to just keep moving on. So that's the, that's a tip right there. Uh, 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 
movement snacks. Okay. Another thing that I it was within the show, but at the same time, it was just this is a note that I I took. Uh, that we're talking about aging, right? Uh, and I, I'm thinking that aging is something that somehow many people are running away from, but it is something that you can't never run away from. Okay, we cannot stop aging. We can even with expensive treatments and surgeries and diets and all these supplements, it will happen anyway, right? Because excuse me, in fact, these things and ideas of stopping uh, aging make it worse in my opinion and in my experience seeing people uh getting into this crazy practice of anti-aging makes it work because instead of making peace with it with it at a young age and understanding that aging is just the process through which we we mature uh we spend all this time worrying about it so that's a stress right there there is frustration there is depression there is uh a uh, expenses, anxieties, and even addiction. Uh, and also, uh, uh, biologically and, and evolutionarily speaking, and, and psychologically, psychologically speaking, and even socially speaking, we age. Because again, age is the process of maturation. It's not the process of becoming obsolete. Somehow, popular culture, I've said before, is telling us how to feel. So it is telling us that as we age, we're becoming obsolete. But aging is not that. On the contrary, as we age, we become much more mature and much more relevant in the society we live in. And much more in these times in which everybody is sort of afraid of, afraid of aging and, 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 and doing crazy stuff not to and, and, and engaging in crazy behaviors not to. And you can see that not necessarily in health and fitness. You can see that in, in uh, uh, married couples that in which, you know, the the wife cheats on a, on a husband with a younger man so that he can make her feel younger or, or vice versa. Or they do crazy, aesthetical, dangerous aesthetical procedures in which in the end they will end up looking worse or even scary. So uh, uh, I think aging could mean something like the constant process of maturation in which an organism, in an organism, right? And it happens down in our DNA and our molecules and our thoughts and the, the way we do things. So even as, as the time passes, uh, we learn new things and that's part of the process of aging. Uh, so virtually we cannot de-age. Okay? And, and this is something that we, can, we can't actually stop. Uh, another thing I wanted to, uh, another thing that just came up to my mind and I wrote a note, uh, and this is something I talked when I discussed the, I think it was, uh, talking about Carl Young, Carl uh, G. Young and talking about self-actualization and all that. I, we all want to be self-actualized. Uh, and this has to do with the codependency topic that I will be, uh, uh talking about. So perhaps I'll mention it again. Now we all want to be self-actualized. We all want to be like help. Uh, help uh, self-sufficient yet we look for others to do the things for us uh, to do the hard work for us to approve of us or, or uh, and we call that success uh, from my experience I can say that with uh, a former students in school or with uh, former clients who like hire me to be their personal trainer and they 
understand that somehow hiring me, I will somehow create some sort of magic for them to be healthier and younger. Um, they, they, I think superficially they know or they say, yeah, yeah, I understand that I got to work out that I got to move that I got to eat this way or whatnot, but somehow uh, very deep in their, in their heads, they are still expecting for me to do that to them and for them. And that's very possible. Each individual accomplishes their own goals individually. There is no such thing. We do, since we're social beings, we do uh, uh, have the capacity to use others as, again, inspiration or or as as, 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 uh, teachers or tools for us to accomplish our goals. But these are things that we got to do individually. and I think that with with that, one of the things that create codependency and create all these crazy views and ideas is fear. Uh, I think, uh, uh, and this is a note, another note I took from a uh, an animated TV series that I watched. Um, they were talking about uh, one of the characters was saying that fear makes one weak, but in the presence of of purpose and and survival, man can become powerful. And that's how we have, we have become who we are as an organism and as a species. And that's very true, right? The fear of, of, of falling down the cliff because we saw someone else falling down the cliff then had created, we developed, you know, uh, strategies uh, with the bridges or, or, or we have decided to go around or perhaps just going down the cliff, but in a different way and not necessarily just running down the cliff. Um, and we can see that in many other organisms too, right? Uh, you can see it in dogs when they learn, like when you train a dog and they know that if they do something wrong inside the home, then they, there's whatever uh, 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 action that is not preferred by them will be taken. So they will learn not to do it. So fear is a good thing. And fear, in fact, is an evolutionary trait. We, we need that. However, in my opinion, uh Fear can be a bad thing also when it comes to survival and health. When, uh, when I would say only when, instead of, of, of survival being and health being the path through which we move, we eat, we shelter, mate, and, and procreate and perpetuate the species, when it means, when it means being light, when it means becoming, it means becoming powerful, when it means becoming an influencer or follow when we see these things like uh, uh, social acceptance, power, influence and, 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 and leadership as survival, then I think that everybody can play that type of game, right? Everybody can say uh, 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 individually, right? And, and I would say create that will create a very distorted vision of what we're supposed to do. And I think that, uh, I would say it will be a very dangerous game uh, in which instead of winning all together because we are a social organism, uh, uh, like we're meant to, like biologically speaking, and even for the sake of society, we need each other and we need to just take advantage of the virtues of each other. Uh, when influence, power, and social acceptance is the definition for survival, for survival, I'm sorry, that we will start fighting each other. And, and you can see that. No, we will. It'll, it's already happening. 
we start fighting each other for for the survival of the fittest. We can see that uh, or the fittest or the cutest or the prettiest or the richest or the leanest or the one who lived the most or the one with most muscles or muscle mass or with less body fat percentage or the fine muscles uh, or the ones who have the most beautiful ass or dicks or I don't know, the most influencer with the most followers and likes. And it's, it's madness because that, that is not how humans are supposed to survive. So everybody's sort of playing this game. And, 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 and they're playing the, this game. And unfortunately, the mediums through which these games are being played provide for an industry to create industries for these kind of games. All right. And well, when an industry is created, I'm not saying that in, in, in its essence, an industry is a bad thing. It is very important for again for the development of society and things like that. But at the same time, taken to the extreme in which everyone now wants to be powerful and everybody now wants to be dealer, the leader and whatnot, um, then people are just taking advantage of that. So they're taking up. Everybody is taking advantage of everybody else's fears, uh, and and and. Again, uh, just because of that distorted uh, survival image. Now, anything being fat, being too skinny, not being muscular, being too pretty, being too muscular, not having money, not having straight A's or X or Y credentials, etc., not being in the ideal weight or having the ideal body fat percentage or survival, etc., now can become a fear to be exploited. Okay? And everybody will want to be that superman or superwoman that saves everybody else from that tyrant villain that is whoever promotes whatever it is that is against their beliefs. And you can see that in, in, in religions, for example, it happens a lot. And, and, and when it comes to education, to health and fitness, and these practices, I think, are also becoming religions themselves. Okay. Uh, they're creating their own followers with their own influences, with their own leadership. And you have to sort of like, uh, 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 I would say, devote yourself to this thing. And now every man or every person that plays this game, every, you know, quote unquote, superman or superwoman will think that in order to save everybody else, which really, which, which what really means is converting them into followers and purchasers and believers. That's how important how society is moving. Uh, they will start believing that they are above men, that somehow they have transcended. When I say men, I mean humans, and they have somehow they have transcended biology, that they have transcended transcended the very basic needs of humanity as individuals as in a collective and as a collective. Uh, and bringing things out of balance, all right? And the thing is, uh, now this is just another quote uh, that I took from that uh, animated series that, say man, that says, man or Superman, balance is key for both species to coexist. But when balance is lost, when one species becomes stronger than the other, it rarely works for the great, for the weaker group. It really, really works great uh, uh, uh for the weaker group. How, and then you would say, well, you know, with survival of the fittest. But when it comes to survival of the fittest, we, we, I think it should that should be seen as survivor, survival of the fittest. The, the fittest. Uh, 
that's something that that relates more to how we came to be as as a, a tribal individuals you know i am the fittest animal and i will be able the, the one who is the fittest uh, uh and and able to adapt and me, being fit being able to adapt uh, uh to a situation you know a, a lion attacking or another tribe attacking but now is that now that is not happening okay um and, and this is a very ridiculous thing this is a very crazy uh thing that is happening out there that we should be very aware and very conscious of okay we got to understand that even though we know something or we even though we become you know quote unquote hashtag influencer we have to be really careful with how we present things and that we are not necessarily this superman or superwoman that will save everybody else uh let's leave these things to the professionals you know in my case i wouldn't say that a that a cardiologist doesn't know shit about cardiology um or that a psychologist doesn't know shit about uh psychology and and, and how to help someone overcome their psychological issues because things are much more deeper than we normally see there is much more than the eye could see um so and the the problem is that when we there is all of these ridiculous things all of these ridiculous methods and and not necessarily uh not necessarily all of them but all of these ridiculous things that people just create because they want to be influencer or they want to be hashtag successful or hashtag healthy or hashtag whatever the fuck they want to be. When people believe in these things, when people believe in a ridiculous thing, then it is easier to believe in other ridiculous things. So that's something that they mentioned in this uh, TV or Netflix show. Uh, and in my opinion, that's this, you know, this turns out, uh, into a vicious cycle in which the more we believe in, so, in such ridiculous things, then the harder it is to get away from it and the harder it is to, to rehabilitate from it, okay? Um, this is the way I see it, you know? Um, and, and this is something that they do mention in this uh, show too, right? Uh, think of all the years humans have been on Earth. And I posted something about that on my on my Instagram um, about how, in fact, I'm going to find it out and read it to you and, and perhaps you'll be the, the judge of it. But I think it has a lot of truth to it. So what I shared on my Instagram says, uh, was uh, uh, writing and it said, if it was a requirement for humans to count or check for calories or macro or micronutrients, or certain foods, or check out for gluten and sugar, or doing any specific exercise system, then not having done so for the millions of years that we've been on Earth, uh, before trending diets and nonsense belief systems, then that would have meant the end of our existence. Okay, So in other words, we are following prey of all these crazy ideas of we got to exercise this way or we got to eat this way, but we didn't do that in the past. The modern human, you know, has just a the type of human that you and I look like. We've been around for about 300,000 years. Some people say a little more, some people say a little less, but that's sort of like the average, right? And human beings per se or, 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 or homo sapiens have been around for millions of years. And uh, 
we didn't do that. We didn't do CrossFit millions of years ago. We didn't do Zumba. We didn't do keto keto diet. The paleo diet, that's that's fucking bullshit because that did that never existed at that time, you know? No caveman ever said, oh, you know, like, well, if it's not paleo, I'm not going to eat it. Or if it's not keto, I'm not going to eat it. Or is that gluten-free? Or no, they just ate whatever they had available. Um, so we didn't supplement. We didn't have kombucha or detoxing or cleanses or, or supplements. All right. Or technology like, oh, now you have to wear a, a, a heart rate monitor to, re, to be healthier. Bullshit. Because with, if, if that was a requirement, not having done that for so many millions of years, that, that would have meant the end of the human existence. Okay. We didn't supplement. We just ate whole foods whenever we were hungry and we ate whatever was available when it was available. And, and this happened, and same thing, you know, there was no exercise. There was you know, just moving around to find shelter, to have sex and procreate, to find safe places, to survive and whatnot. And that happens up until a couple of hundred years ago. So if we put that in, a, I would say, evolutionary timescale, that was just two minutes ago. Okay. Uh, we didn't detox by self-inducing uh, uh, anything or by abusing any specific food, all right, or by stop, stopping eating. Uh, we, if we weren't hungry, we didn't eat. We, uh, we urinated, that's a natural way of detoxing. We defecated, and we still do. That's those are natural ways of de detoxing. We farted, another natural way of detoxing, right? Passing gases or sweating or vomiting when we ate something and the body couldn't stand that, we just, it will just bring it out. Uh, when it was not self-induced, such as what's going on with all these crazy conditions, uh, we released mucus or pus, depending on whatever the infection was. And that's how the body detoxes. And these are the natural ways of detoxing. Uh, and we would use plants and herbs and things to, to, to cure or accelerate the curing process. But we didn't abuse pills. We didn't abuse all of these things. Um, uh, and medicine, you know, of course, I'm not saying that medicine is a bad thing. Modern medicine, it deserves a big credit, right? We're lasting longer thanks to it. Uh, but unfortunately, now we are creating things to, again, in, in, that, are in, that are abusive in a sense. Uh, you know, we have doctors now prescribing unnecessary opioids or, or uh, uh, procedures or practices just for profit, not necessarily for health. Uh, and we are buying pills and supplements and engaging in dangerous, unnecessary, like poorly efficient procedures, like it's candies. Oh, well, I have a little hair in my finger that I don't like. Whoa, there you go. Let's just laser it. And there you go. A possible cancer coming out because of that fucking laser thing, just because. Uh, hey, I want to look better. So, and, and I, I remember stories of my parents, you know, like they would say, hey, we would go to the doctor just when, I don't know, you broke a leg or you fell and your head broke or, you know, you had a fever for a couple of days and you couldn't control it. And most likely they would recommend, you know, like food, like vegetables and fruits and a tea and they would recommend even alcohol sometimes and medicine was a complement to those things when it was like strictly necessary. 
right? Not the other way around. Now, everything is a pill. Now, everything is a procedure. Now, everything is an, in an injection. So we got to be really careful with these things. Um, in the past, we didn't count calories. That's another thing that has me thinking. I've been talking to people about it. We didn't fucking count calories. No caveman. In fact, not even 500 years ago, let's say when the, when the, when the uh, 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 settlers came here to the United States or the Spanish came to, to Latin America or the Caribbean and whatnot, they didn't say, you know, like, hey, uh, how many calories do I have to eat today? Uh, uh, how many steps do I have to give? Or, or how much sugar can I eat? Okay. Uh, no one used a fucking weigh scale or measuring tapes. Uh, we moved and we measure success and our physical success and functionality by the quality of our performance. Okay. Those no numbers. Yes, do numbers do help and help us give us a, a help give us a, a sort of like a point of reference of where we are. But we have to be really careful when we fall addicted to these things, right? There's people who literally weight themselves every single day and they feel like they have failed when something when they haven't uh, weight themselves uh, and that's very dangerous right there is people who when they eat two more grams of protein now you know they have done something extremely wrong and they're going to be punished by god and that's that's something that's very dangerous too and we got to be careful with that uh so we, yeah, I mean, I think if when, if we move to to measure our success and functionality by the quality of our performance and how we feel, a more intuitive thing, it will be we will be healthier. You know, I think there will be less stress in our lives. Holy shit! I didn't measure the steps. Fuck that. I took um, I don't know whatever amount of steps today. I walked a little more. Tomorrow I walk a little less. Whatever it is that I'm able to do. Um. I think before, leisure and uh, sedentarism were a privilege and a biological need, right, to recharge and keep moving, but not a day-to-day -day practice. Uh, but now we create uh, uh, industries on that, right? People are sitting all day in a chair, and that's not a natural thing of, of, of any any species. Uh, and you can see it in even in, in, in dogs or in monkeys or in birds when they are enclosed and they're hours there they get depressed and they die younger and they die and, and and even even if they are alive they give up on living so they die even when they haven't physically died uh, we didn't focus on training or, or or exercising specific muscles to see you know who looked better or who could run faster or who lifted more um, again i mean there was no caveman no caveman ever said or no human up to Two minutes ago, in an evolutionary timescale, ever said, "Hey, I can't go hunt to find food because I gotta have I have Zumba class, or because I have to do my CrossFit, or because I am in detox." Okay, and much less we segmented our bodies. We do. When you see a tribe, and this is something that you can still see because we still have tribes where you go to Africa or Latin America or Asia, Southeast Asia, or some places, they don't. You don't see them do, doing bicep curls with a tree log. They're carrying the tree log. They're sort of engaging their whole body in that activity that they're doing instead of, of doing tricep extensions. I don't know, or dips, or all of these crazy things. Um, again, if all of these things were necessary and required, then we wouldn't have been here. So, 
I would say these things that we're doing now are are yeah we are part of, of of society evolution and whatnot, but they should be looked as a complement to our natural ways of living uh, uh, instead of the other way around. And I think that you know the truth is that nobody knows how every single human works, right? Uh, every individual needs to be taken carefully and every individual needs to learn independently and intuitively to to how to take care of themselves uh, of course with the help of, of, of past generations and teachers and doctors and all of that um, so I, I compare this to to quantum mechanics right or quantum physics the little bit about that i know about and perhaps i'm going to make this comparison when i talk with my friend a physicist on next episode and and, and she'll correct me but this is how i see it right of a little bit that i've read of of physics and and quantum mechanics when a when an atom is studied it can be it can be seen that is one place at one time and then it is another place and that sometimes it is even two it's even a two places at once Okay. Therefore, scientists cannot actually know everything about the quantum realm at one specific point in time and space. So what they do is whatever it is that they create, whether it is quantum computers or, 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 or engineering or whatnot, the way I see it is that they make adjustments little by little as they understand things. They can never come to a, to a, to a finite conclusion of anything. It's just as they learn something new today, okay, the atom behave this way, so perhaps I can apply this to my technology or to behavior or whatnot. Um, and they ask questions, right? And if the possible answers are wrong, then, or wrong or not adaptable to the quantum realm or whatever purpose it is that they're looking for, uh, then they may ask the question maybe in a different way or, or change the question until until they find the answer and then move on to another question and see how these questions and answers apply to each other. So pretty much like a psychology and, and the same things with psychology, you know, like I compare it with psychology too. Like when a psychologist do uh, with a patient or, or, or with a good teacher, with a student, you know, to understand something, the same principle must be applied in the case of health and fitness. Uh, and if I, this is the approach that I do with my clients, uh, I, I'm always uh, starting from the approach that I don't know you. That even if do, do even if we do a, a physical assessment and you you know you fill out questionnaires and all of these things, I don't know everything about you. So I will be constantly observing, and as you learn and as you move around and as I observe you, then I will intuitively and help you also adapt to to other things intuitively. I don't have the, the specific exercise that will save your life. I will just observe and, and, and will just keep trying. It's always a constant trial and error. It's a scientific method, right? Um, because, and I, and I do it this way because great part of, of, of what we deal with, of what I deal with as a physical educator, as a, as a personal physical educator, when I deal with, with people, you know, when their fitness goals or, or even rehabilitation, it's, it's their mind. And the mind can be here, just like an atom, or can be at two places at the same time, or could be nowhere at the same time. And, and 
you know, and, 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 and whatever it is that is making you ill or whatever it is that it may, is making people uh, engage in whatever behavior that it is not healthy is something that is very, very deep in, this, in every person's mind. And it's something that I cannot see with a questionnaire, you know, with a PARQ test or with a push-up test. I need to be constantly observing and encouraging this person to sort of like at their individual level and at their at the whatever speed that they can go uh, and, and according to their level of education and literacy to discover by themselves. So, uh, and that's the approach I take. Uh, it might take a little more, more time. I never tell anybody that I will have the, the solution for the health issue, whatever it might be, uh, in three months guarantee. Uh, I think we all should should stop doing that shit, telling that we have whatever solution in, in, in whatever specific amount of time because everybody's totally different and everything has to be approached at an individual level. level. Uh, so, yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> no more notes. Uh, um, so, wow, just a couple of notes I had. I said a lot. Um so yeah, I mean, we just have to be really careful with how you know culture, popular culture, and how influencers and celebrities and things like that affect how we see things. Uh, and I did mention religion there very, very uh, little, but that is another topic for the podcast because it does affect how we engage in healthy practices and 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 all these things. All right, so. Hey, that's it for today's. No more comments, no more notes. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, uh, giving me some of your time uh, to listen to, to to whatever it is I'm saying. Um, and that's it. All right. Have a great week. Uh, so this week is this episode, and then the next week there is no episode, and then we'll have the episode with my friend, the scientist. We're going to talk about we're going to be talking about an atmosphere and how atmosphere uh, affects our health. So you can't miss that. That's very interesting. Um, so again, thank you for listening. Listening. Check out my contact information. Contact me if you want to collaborate in this podcast and talk about whatever interesting thing that you are doing in the world of education and health or science and everything that is related with these things uh, and psychology and neurology and whatnot. Um, send me a message. Tell me about you. Uh, leave me a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave me a review, or you can even record something on your on your phone and send it via email. Hey, another way you can uh, collaborate or donate to this podcast is not necessarily monetary. I just thought of it. If you come, if if, if you get access to some sort of research that has to do with health and fitness and physical education and psychology and all of these things that I'm talking here and you have access to this research if you can share it with me send me an email uh, or send it to me via email and I will I will really appreciate it so there you go there is another way for you to 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 donate to the podcast um, so whether it's monetary or collaborating and having a conversation or an interview or uh, uh, sharing with, with me uh, relevant research all right so have a great week. Um, stay safe. Stay warm. It's getting a little cold here in the U.S. I'm, I'm in Florida, but uh, I'm from the Caribbean. So whatever temperature it is right now for me is, is kind of cold. Um, so anyways, talk to you next one. And uh, stay tuned to Edification and Wellbeing. Check out all of my previous episodes. Um, 
and uh, thank you for 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 listening. All right, have a great week. Bye bye. Ajá. Hello. Hey, Juan. Epa, ¿cómo estás? Bien, ¿y tú cómo estás? Súper, súper. ¿Se te hizo difícil conectarte? No, no, fue bastante fácil. Estaba tratando de salir porque estoy en la oficina. Se supone que yo no estoy trabajando esta semana. Pero, por supuesto, okay. todos los planes cambiaron. Y uh, <risa> eh, tuve que salir de la oficina porque hay demasiado de mucho ruido. Estaba buscando un área bastante tranquila para que la conversación fluya. <risa> ah, súper, súper. Coño, qué bueno. ¿Y cómo está todo? ¿Todo, todo bien? bien? Todo bien, todo eh, bien. Pues, no, no me voy a quejar del frío porque en otras partes de la nación están peor que yo, pero está frío y lloviendo en California. <risa> Llevan semanas. Sí. Um, Damn. Pero nada, nada fue común, todo bien. Sí. Bueno, aquí, aquí hacía, hizo frito hasta yo digo que la semana pasada y ya está empezando a calentar otra vez. Yo, yo prefiero el frío. ¿De verdad? Ay. Ay, es que aquí está siempre, eh, yo estoy en el centro de California, aunque ahora estoy a punto de mudarme al sur, pero okay. en el centro de California, mucho, lo que muchas personas no saben es que centro y norte de California siempre es frío. Y siempre okay. las temperaturas están desde 55, 65 grados en todo, durante todo el año, a menos que sean eventos extremos o, bueno, en la costa. Porque si eh, estás inland, pues las cosas cambian inland. Pero, pero pues llega un momento que, pues cuando como nosotros nos criamos en la isla, el calorcito hace falta uh -huh. de vez en cuando. Exacto. No, ya a mí, pero te digo, porque yo acá, Florida siempre es húmedo y caluroso y yo me, 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 me exprimo los ratos de frío lo más que pueda. Me pasó en, en, yo viví un año en Austin, Texas, same thing. Cada vez que hacía frío era como que, fuck yeah. <risa> Let's go out. Todo el mundo para adentro y nosotros para afuera, para los Ay, parques. Muchachos, te encantaría estar aquí porque siempre está, eh, pero no sé, bueno. Ahora, porque es invierno, hay días que se pone relativamente frío. Yo viví en D.C. y eso sí que es otro mundo en invierno. Pero, um, sí. y lo mismo, en Albany, New York, ya esas es son otras historias. Porque ellos sí uh -huh. realmente tienen invierno. Pero aquí, pues, baja quizá a los 40, 30 y pico, bien, pero en la noche. Yo nunca vi. Ay, pero rico. Y pues cayó nieve hace poco por primera vez en muchos años pero no, no en la sí. ciudad, en las montañas. Así que podemos ver a las montañas y hay un poquito de... Pero es como una tres pulgadas, de una a tres pulgadas, dependiendo del pico. Qué nice. Yo fui, yo fui a California, yo fui a Los Ángeles hace unos años atrás por trabajo. Y fue como, creo que fue para febrero o marzo y estaba, estaba frito, estaba bien bueno. Ah, sí. Y ahora mismo sí. en Los Ángeles... Este, yo, yo me mudo para el área, bueno, la, el área de Los Ángeles, estoy en el condado de Los Ángeles, voy a estar en el condado de Los Ángeles, pero mi trabajo es en Pasadena. Uh, ok. So, eh, pero ahora mismo está frío, pero ellos se trepan a los 90 y más en verano. Yeah, o sea, sí. es, es bien extremo, eh, pero esta, es bien raro de que baje, se ponga frío, no es, es la temperatura normal a la que ellos están acostumbrados. 
Sí. Bueno, aquí es, I mean, California es gigantesco y mm -hmm. asumo que to, lo que está más para el norte, para cerca de Oregon, pues es más oh, frío y todo oh, lo que está para el sur es más... Definitivamente, definitivamente. Y aquí, pues, en este, en este área hay un efecto que se llama el, el marine layer. O sea, la capa okay. marítima. Y, y, y la, la cuestión con Monterrey, un lugar hermoso, precioso, pero la capa marítima se mete intensamente desde abril hasta prácticamente agosto. So, aquí no hay verano. El verano normal, oh. el verano aquí realmente empieza en septiembre, octubre, que ellos le llaman el Indian Summer. Pero por lo general, okay. eh, verano aquí es bien frío porque está esa capa de nubes todo el tiempo encima de la, de, de la ciudad. Y, ah. Entonces, pero cuando todo el mundo... Y lo mismo, ya mismo, hace pronto, ya para mediados de febrero, quizás marzo, calienta. Uh -huh. Y todo se pone hermoso, precioso, el cielo bien clarito. Y mientras todo el mundo todavía está bien miserable por el invierno, aquí está magníficamente precioso. Todas las temporadas sí. son un poco raras. Oye, yo, yo digo que eso es relativo porque hay gente que... Yo tengo una, una amiga que vive en, en Minnesota y allá obviamente el invierno está increíble. Sí, no, yo... Y ella se lo disfruta bien brutal. Tengo un pana también que vive en, en Quebec, en Canadá, y él, él es súper loco ah, con eso allá, le encanta. Estos son los que le encanta ir a, a, a esquiar y... No, fíjate, a él, por lo menos a él no, él es panadero. ¿De verdad? <ríe> lo que le gusta es hacer pan, pero él me dice, porque mi, eh, mi, mi esposo y yo hemos estado hablando y hemos pensado en, 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 en que si mudarnos a Canadá o buscar otro país para irnos para el carajo, whatever. Yo he pensado también, créeme. Sí, como están las cosas, cada vez lo pensamos más. Eh, hemos chequeado Alemania, tenemos amistades allá y nos dicen a cada rato, si vienen para acá, pues ¿sabes? tienen amigos y whatever. Pero anyways, el pan a mí me dice, mira, o sea, ya, Sí se pone frío en Quebec, se pone bien frío, pero le dice, mira, pues está la ropa, o sea, te pones unas buenas botas, double layer, y a él le gusta mucho el fashion y la cosa, sobre el, 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 el jura que está moderando eh, ropa de invierno. Bueno, ahí sí te puedo decir, te puedo decir que yo estoy muy de acuerdo, la ropa más bella es la ropa de invierno, la ropa más elegante uh -huh. es la ropa de invierno. Eso es así. Pero sí, pues mira, te explico rapidito cómo es el formato del podcast okay. para que tengas una idea y después lo seguimos entonces en inglés. Okay. Okay. No para de, de hacer el podcast en español eh, pronto, pero después te aviso para eso si se puede. Okay. <ríe> pues nada, básicamente lo que yo hago con este podcast es, es como te digo, llevo siendo trainer y, y educador físico como por 20 años casi ya, ¿verdad? Este, y mi, mi, me, dio la, me surgió la idea de escribir un libro de cómo el, el, el mundo del fitness y la salud y los deportes se ha estado, en palabras bien lindas, jodiendo bien duro y cierto, jodiendo a la gente. Cierto, muy, con, muy de, contigo. Sí, o sea, con, con, con estas dietas y programas de decisión. Y yo mismo, habiendo sido trainer, he sido víctima. Yo hacía CrossFit y mi, mi espalda se me, se me fastidió. O sea, y, y no fue hasta que empecé a buscar otros métodos eh, eh, que, que no se me arregló la espalda. So far llevo tres años sin ningún dolor de la espalda. Eh, y después pues, trato de enseñar a la gente eso, pero it, I, I guess the traditional way of fitness is so embedded in people's head that it is hard. So anyways, pues eh, empecé a escribir un libro sobre esto y todavía lo estoy escribiendo. It's taking some time. Eh, 
Y entonces el, el libro se va a llamar Medical Fitness and the Hashtag Health Dilemma. Y es tratando de explicar todos estos issues de, pues mira, sí, perfecto, hacer ejercicio es bueno, ¿verdad? Y cualquier, moverse, aunque sean dos minutos, es mejor que nada. Pero at the same time, we gotta be careful. Uh -huh. eh, y lo mismo con las dietas, ¿verdad? Eh, comer vegetales y todo está buenísimo. Y uno que otro suplemento, depende de cualquier deficiencia que tú tengas, es bueno, pero we gotta be careful porque, por ejemplo, hemos, una de las cosas que me motivó a... a, a a empezar a escribir el libro, y el podcast es como un complemento de eso, es que, por ejemplo, yo trabajaba en la industria de, de, de fitness equipment. Yo trabajaba para, para Life Fitness. Y pues tú vas a todos estos shows internacionales y toda la cosa, y ves, eh, pues hay más gimnasios, hay más máquinas y más equipos y más accesorios y más dietas y más barritas y más polvitos y cosas, pero eh, la epidemia de obesidad sigue aumentando, o no solamente obesidad, sino gente... Eh, 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 flacos crónicos, como digo yo, eh, eh, la, la, el, el nivel de fracturas de hombros, espaldas, cuellos, rodillas, tobillos y toda la cosa se sigue aumentando, eh, la gente se está suicidando por issues de, de, pues, de obesidad o de estética, eh, que son presionadas por esta misma cultura popular de fitness y salud, uh -huh. pues coño, there's something really wrong about this. Y pues, that's, that's, that's what I do, ¿verdad? Conversando. Eh, en tu caso, yo sé que tú has sido atleta y, eh, y, y has sido deportista. Y yo, yo trato de hablar con todo el mundo, con, con gente que ha sido profesional en el ámbito, como gente que simplemente, pues mira, ok, you're just a normal person que hace, ha hecho deportes. ¿Cuáles han sido tus experiencias? Uh -huh. right? eh, y obviamente, pues el plus de tu caso es que cuando mencionaste lo de cómo los aerosoles y la atmósfera tienen efectos en la salud, etcétera, pues I would like to talk a little bit about that uh -huh. too. Porque uh -huh. dentro del podcast, una de las cosas que yo estoy explorando y en el libro es como, eh, pues la política, la religión, eh, el, 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 la cultura y las tradiciones, entre otras cosas, ¿verdad? Socioculturales afectan cómo nosotros vemos y, y, y practicamos buena salud y ejercicio. Exacto. So, um, so starting from this, uh, <laughs> we, we keep going in English then. Um, so I guess the first question is kind of like a little introduction of, of what you do and, and, and who you are, what you do, how you came to be, what you are, and why. Okay, uh, so I am Dr. Mayra Oyola. I actually uh, I am from Guaynabo, Puerto Rico. Uh, decided mm. to, yeah, <laughs> I decided uh, to actually pursue sciences. Uh, I started doing physics at the University of Puerto Rico, my West campus. But from there, I, I love physics and I love exploration. I, I feel like more than a scientist, I am also explorer, an explorer. Um, but cool. I always cared about the environment and understanding our actual Earth. Uh, I know that there's lots of things out there about exploring space and understanding uh, the gal different galaxies and, and uh, other planets and how we're part of this big system. But at the same time, for me, I wanted to understand better our Earth. So uh, um, I fell in love with meteorology. And most people think meteorology is just, you know, standing in front of the TV, giving the forecast. But I'm more, mm -hmm. I'm more of a scientist or a physicist. So I apply physics um, to understand the atmosphere, understand uh, cloud processes, understanding atmospheric composition, climate change, etc. 
Um, oh, that's nice. So from Puerto Rico, I moved to Washington, D.C. to get my Ph.D. in atmospheric sciences. Um, I had a blast. Uh, opposite to uh, what most people think, grad school was actually pretty amazing. I did get to travel and do a lot of field research around the world, trying to understand uh, the impacts of different constituents into the atmosphere. And uh, from there, now I am in California. I actually uh, worked uh, for the government. I'm a scientist uh, trying to understand processes in the atmosphere, but also develop new techniques using satellites and, and computational algorithms to understand weather implications of weather and human behavior and um, other aspects. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. I, I like that you mentioned that uh, the fact that some people think that, that like meteorologists are just people who stand in front of a TV because the same thing happens with me when I say I'm a physical educator uh, because that's what I studied and that's what I went to university for. Uh, and people think, well, in what school do you work? And people don't understand or many people don't understand that physical education goes beyond that, right? Goes to, exactly. for example, personal training. Personal training is part of physical education or physical therapy or, or occupational therapy. And all of these things are part or are under the umbrella of physical education. Uh, and one of the things I try to do with this podcast and with people that I speak to is that help people understand that physical education is a universe more than anything else. So I like the fact that you mentioned, you know, you clarify that you're not meteorologists are not just people who stand in front of a TV and read whatever the weather is going to be. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that happens lots in different fields, especially when you're involved with science. I think like they get, you know, a, a label and uh, mm -hmm. society probably doesn't understand that there's much more to that label. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that we share. And that's fantastic that we're talking about this right now. Mm -hmm. And I, you mentioned uh, in, in one of the comments on Facebook about how aerosol, aerosols and the atmosphere uh, affects health. And you just mentioned also behavior. That's one of the things that I'm, I'm very interested to because when it comes to health and fitness, we unfortunately, we tend or, or, or popular culture, culture makes it seems like, well, you just need one exercise. You just need one diet or this specific method. But no one seems to talk about how how we need to somewhat i would say internalize and and and, and create awareness of our behaviors and see how these are, are are affecting how we engage in health and 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 healthy practices and whatnot how does atmosphere affect i mean i of course there is a general i, I have a general knowledge but can you speak a little more about it how does it affect health and behavior? Oh, definitely. Uh, so obviously, I mean, let's think about weather. When we wake up in the morning, especially us that live in a very invariable climate, um, the first thing that we do is to kind of figure out what the weather is going to be. So uh, it's, it's it going to be cold. Is it going to rain? Um, because these activities actually uh, control how we behave or how we uh, pursue the rest of the day like we need to be aware if there are dangers or hazards going into work we need to be aware of what type of clothes that we're going to need in, in order to protect ourselves and even if you think about it from the standpoint of nutrition um mm -hmm. different places with different weather or climates they will um, produce certain crops or harvests and uh the same thing with uh, 
with even what you desire to eat for that day. Sometimes because it's too cold, you want to eat a soup, or sometimes, you know, it's too hot, mm -hmm. and you need to eat something that's colder in order to control your body temperature. So, I mean, weather really impacts a lot of what we do on a daily basis uh, in a positive and in negative way. Uh, so uh -huh. that, de that depends on how we see it, and, and that depends on the experience that we have. Um, I would say, I know that you mentioned aerosols, aerosols are quite controversial and i think like the first time that i told my parents that i studied aerosols they thought i was just like running around with cans of spray around because you know you think aerosols you think uh spray and actually what an aerosol is is there are just tiny particles in the atmosphere and uh they are actually the drivers of weather like you need aerosols to actually have precipitation so most people think that because there are clouds clouds are formed by water and you just need water uh that is not necessarily true like in order to get rain and to get all these systems you need to have a particle um to where uh, water can attach to so it can actually okay. fall to the surface of the earth i think that's the best way to describe it The same thing with cloud okay. formation. Uh, clouds just don't form purely on water. Like you need a particle um, to start the entire process. So aerosols are significant because they are going to drive your weather. Now, there are natural aerosols uh, that come from the surface of the earth, such as uh, dust. Um, they are also anthropogenic aerosols, which are basically pollution or contamination. Uh, and and we see especially when they're when they people burn uh, trash, so there's something called biomass burning. These particles actually mm -hmm. come up into the atmosphere, and they can also uh, trigger certain weather processes. But at the same time, they also cause um, health hazards or or, or problems. So they may be, may trigger problems um, to to certain part of the population. Um, An example of this, I want to talk about a little of the fires that we had here in California a couple of months ago. Right. Uh, so we had massive fires. We had two big fires at the same time. Uh, we had one close to where I am in Monterey, uh, the county fire, and or the camp fire where an entire town actually got destroyed, which is really sad. Um, Did you have to move out? Like you have to move out for that time, or? Uh, so at that time, we're we're a hundred miles away from where the fire was. And uh, okay. you could still see a hundred miles downwind, the, the, the smoke approaching. And we had like really bad air quality for days. So what happens with these types of particles is that they actually, when you, when you breathe, breathe, you breathe them in and they get absorbed by your lungs. So, and it's not like you can get rid of them. They actually stay there. Um, so oh. normally uh, one of the biggest issues that we have It's telling people not to go outside. And if they go outside, cover your face, uh, limit the, the amount of exposure that you have. And especially I'm a runner, as you know, uh, the, mm -hmm. the biggest thing for runners is, you know, don't go out running outside. And uh, we had issues with people who actually didn't think that this was true, that uh, the government was just trying to scare people and trying to take attention from the news, which is not true it, this is actual an actually well studied uh e event that has uh lots of impacts on health um well i i guess even let's just say that even the government started a fire just to make you know all this thing and, and 
takes people's attention away. I mean, there's the files, the fire will still there, right? And it'll affect people's health. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter who caused it. And and I think that's where a lot of uh, the, the issues were at place. People were trying just to blame who was in charge of the fire. But at the moment in time, obviously, uh, the biggest concern was to actually control the fire and take people out of danger, the danger areas. But for the normal citizen, um, you also have to be aware that what you're breathing in, it's, it may harm you. It may harm your kids, it may uh. harm your pets. So you need to be able to take the necessary measures and, and, and understand what's going on and how this will actually impact your body long term. Okay. For, so you're understanding that were there any cases of people like runners, for example, or hikers just going out regardless of, you know, you guys telling them, hey, just, I mean, oh, yeah. fucking oh, God. When uh, the last fire happened, um, it was in November, I want to say November 17. And um, so Monterey is well known for two big races. So one, one of them is Big Sur Marathon, which happens around April. And the other one is okay. the uh, Monterey Bay Half. So the Monterey Bay half happened during this time and uh, they had to cancel the race and they had to cancel it the night before. Um, we have runners from all over the States and all over the world coming into this race. And of course, people were upset because the race was canceled. Um, and they were blaming uh, the, the race director for uh, these issues. Uh, why do you cancel the race? It's just a little smoke. We train for... Uh, 10, 12, 18 weeks um, paid a lot of money to come here. But no, they didn't understand that that decision was made in order to protect them. Uh, and still the next day, even though the race was canceled, there were hundreds of people running the course on their own exposed to this type of, of, of pollution. Um, and, and it's the same thing with high, um, for example, other high uh, pollution events. Sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, for example, if you go into uh, Bakersfield, California, you have a lot of um, a burning, ma uh, biomass burning, uh, mostly from uh, okay. the petroleum industry. Uh, and you see this, it's actually the most contaminated city in the United States. And wow. and, and you see people there, they, they have systems, they have uh, uh, air quality uh, uh Labels, depending on, on the amount of particles in the atmosphere, you can go to air quality uh, now or, or actually like even weather apps have information about weather. And sometimes they're, they're told, you know, you have to avoid being outside or avoid to, you know, run in these areas or hike in these areas. And people completely disregard um, what is going on. And, and these things I, I, are, are serious, you can, especially for people who have... Uh, um, heart problem issues or any respiratory issues this is a, a serious deal yeah and it could be i mean i i don't know you, you may know a little more but even like uh, uh skin issues and things like that or affecting the eyes or ears you know all these things getting that, in your body that is correct. it's not only it's not only the heart and and your lungs but skin some people are can be allergic uh, you can have some eye, eyes and skin reactions as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I have a theory now that you're mentioning that because I have experience from the side of physical education. I, I used to work in a physical therapy clinic and uh, big part, like whatever, whenever we had athletes, 
they were people who, I mean, they were told even by their trainers or by their coaches, all right, don't go running. Your knee is not ready yet or your back is not ready yet. And they would just go and train. And uh, I remember in the first gym that I worked, I had a, uh, a lady who used to, who used to uh, compete in uh, javelin throwing. And uh, so she had a shoulder impingement. <laughs> and well, I was trying to help her. And she was like, yeah, but whenever I put my arm in this position, ah, and she would start screaming whenever oh, wow. and I said, well, I would say, then don't put your arm in that position. You know, don't, don't push yourself. And I think, I don't know, I, I guess as a species or somehow we, we like pain, we like suffering or a, a, another theory or, or, or another uh, possibility is that we are being told so much that we need to constantly work out, constantly move, constantly do these things uh, that will promote health, right? And make us somehow immortal and indestructible and whatnot that we try, we think that we have transcended biology. Uh, we think that, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, I will, I, I will outstrengthen, strengthening, or I will just find another way through through supplementation, or, or I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think it's part of human nature just to put our limits, and in in a way, that's good because that's how we have advanced. But sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, extremes are bad. So sometimes you got to be mindful of where you are at, and uh, you know, value your body and, and protect yourself from um, not only environmental factors, but from overdoing exercise. And it's funny that you talk about that because, I mean, I'm a scientist. Uh, as you know, I'm also a runner. And I think mm -hmm. runners especially have this tendency of pushing through the limits. And it's something that we do. Yeah. We have, you know, an endorphins high. Uh, we go running, chasing that, you know, that run feeling. And, and sometimes, uh, and I think the issue also, it's that you, you are exposed to social media and it, you kind of yeah. get competitive and, and you start comparing yourself with what other people are doing. And that's a, a really bad approach because especially if you're coming from a point, from a standpoint, um, or from a, a point where you're injured and you keep pushing it, um, it's, you obviously know this better than me. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Well, it happened uh, uh, again by working in, in, in physical therapy. We had people, not just not just athletes, uh, but even people who, I don't know, used to work in a, in, a, uh, in a warehouse or anything, you know, something started hurting and they wouldn't find help or they wouldn't find ways to modify or adapt to that. And they would just keep pushing. And uh, I remember that at least 10 of the patients mentioned the no pain, no gain thing. Mm hmm. I was like, uh, one of the athletes mentioned that and a, an older gentleman uh, who got injured working, they said, you know what, fuck it, no pain, no gain. And I'm like, well, fuck it, no pain, no gain. That's why you're here now. And it shouldn't happen. It's not that that a, a physical therapist is a bad thing, right, or, or a physical educator, but there shouldn't be, in my opinion, there shouldn't be the amount of demand for that field that, that there is now. Yeah, and I think that's part of the uh, culture right now. Um, and, and again, uh, social media has a lot to do with it. Social media is yeah. great because it helps us connect. Uh, but at the same time, especially on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, you see people constantly posting about, you know, let's grind. Uh, mm -hmm. No pain, no gain. Uh, we have to work hard. And they, they kind of 
downplay the the role of rest and 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 you know protecting your body and doing things to honor what you do on a daily basis um, uh-huh i i one of the issues that i found uh in in all these years working uh in schools and physical therapy clinics and gyms and fitness studios uh and all that is that somehow we have all of these crazy exercise programs and 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 that in my opinion having studied uh uh uh, biomechanics that do not go according to our natural movement patterns, right? Running, for example, is easy for people because it's something that is natural. Um, in fact, I was reading a, a, a research paper the other day uh, that was uh, trying to make the case for uh, running as being what made us the type of humans we are now because we needed to cover long distances and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that were, that that made us able to do that versus just walking because, hey, any other animal can walk out there, uh, whatever distance, and just rest a little bit under a tree and just keep moving. Uh, but in our case, somehow, for whatever uh, environments we were exposed uh, all around the world, then running was that common thing that made us reach longer distances. So running is super easy, or even walking is super easy, swimming is easy, um, squatting down is easy, or like lifting things and put them on your shoulders, it's easy. Uh, and, and it's something that, uh, to my opinion, our organism will adapt faster and easier because it, these are things that we've been doing for thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah, years, if not millions. Yeah, so, but then we got, let's say, I, I, I mentioned a lot of CrossFit, I guess I, I'm gonna get fired by a lot of CrossFitters. <laughs> <laughs> but for example, we are not built to do uh, 300,000 repetitions of powerlifting, right? Or snatches or, or, or push presses or, you know, uh, 300,000 push-ups or, you know, I would say, and, and not even in the, not even in the way that it is doing it, that the human biomechanics are not built for us having a bar over our head and squatting down all the way. We lift things, but we put them on our shoulders or on our backs. And there are sort of like some natural uh, uh, postures that we that our body assumes that we can do these things. So that's one of the reasons that you see, for example, in CrossFit, the level of injury that, that, that these people suffer. Same thing with old school uh, uh, fitness training. When you sit in a, in a, in a bench press um, machine or, or in a chest press or, a, or whatever squatting machine, my theory is that somehow our subconscious fires back. It says, okay, what the heck is this? I'm not built for this crap. I'm not built for sitting and having this perfect form and segmenting my body in different ways. I'm built for using my whole body. I'm built for moving all naturally and everything in connection. So uh, that's that's what I'm thinking when it comes to, to, to trends in exercising. And same thing in dieting, right? We have oh, yeah. all of these people taking crazy pills like crazy amount of pills in which it just translates into expensive pee yeah that's true <laughs> it, that is true um I, I i i appreciate and i think i mean as a scientist i believe in the value of supplementation up to a point mm -hmm. uh sometimes for x or y reason uh you need to supplement maybe because you're not you're not following a a well-balanced diet um you, know, uh -huh. you live in a crazy world However, I think that's something that you have to work with a professional. 
uh, not just self-prescribe yourself. And you cannot supplement a bad diet. You can not outrun. I always say this: you cannot outrun a bad diet. Because uh, sometimes in in the world of runners, like we like to eat, 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 eat. You think because you run, you ran 60 miles, you're, you know, you're allowed to eat the entire world, and that's not true. And it's and the same uh-huh. thing comes with supplementation. It's something that you have to be extremely careful with, um, and it's not going to. You, you cannot out supplement your diet if you don't eat your yeah. a balanced diet uh you know your balanced day-to-day nutrition uh yeah i shouldn't even use the word diet uh, but you know your day-to-day yeah. nutrition if, if you are are missing certain nutrients uh yeah you can supplement but at the same time you should try to get whatever you need for your body from foods um, yeah. And and yeah, and this is where nowadays and I think we all have been victims of that. Uh, and I can talk of, as a person from my experience because I've done it, too. You know, years ago, uh, I, I was basically trying to, you know, lose weight and I will try to shortcut certain things. And I learned the hard way that that's not the way to do it. Um, uh-huh. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, definitely. We shouldn't be taking these shortcuts. No, it's, it's, it's very dangerous. I've seen, uh, I had a case of a, a former client of mine. I'm not kidding. Uh, these people, well, it was husband and wife. And I'm not kidding when I say that their whole countertop was filled with shakes, uh, powders, juices, pills, caplets of all sorts of supplements. And they ran me over whatever it is that they drank in the morning. And the morning alone was about a pound of supplements. And I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, my mind was screaming. Uh, and what I was trying to find was how the fuck do I tell these people that this is extremely dangerous? They're doing this. They have been doing this for more than 10 years. So they're used to that. Uh, so slowly through exercises, I uh, I found a way for for uh, at a little way, not 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 too much, a way for them to start understanding that we should embrace natural things, right? In t- in terms of movements, the natural movements versus you know like traditional weight training and whatnot. And then I would sort of like throw a little curveball with the supplementation. Hey, just be careful. Maybe in the morning eat you know a boiled egg or get some vegetables too. <laughs> And uh, sometimes in, 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 in the husband's case, he, was, he would catch it right away and say, you know, what? you're always trying to get me to eat whatever food. And I'm like, because we eat food. Because humans are supposed to eat food. <laughs> exactly. If we, uh, I remember he, uh, this person had, you know, read a lot of books. He's also a runner. Uh, and he had read a lot of books. And he was always saying, I have read it all. I know it all. And in my mind, I would say, then what am I doing here, right? Um, and I was I'm trying to explain to him, we have, since you read all of his science, right, and all of his books, uh, then you understand that evolutionarily speaking and bio, biologically speaking, we have evolved to eat at least most of our diet, whatever nature creates, um, fruits, vegetables meats Mm -hmm. fish and without without thinking oh well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get uh out uh i don't know seaweed supplements because japanese people eat more seaweed because what one of the beauties of a human body is that we adapt that is correct to wherever we are 
uh, it was a very hard thing, but I've seen that. I've seen that like, well, many, many times. What are your thoughts on, well, you, I, I guess you've mentioned a little bit, but what has been like the diets you've done and the craziest thing you've done? Wow. I think, and this, so I grew up and I, I always, uh, and you remember from when we were in high school, um, I was skinny very skinny so once I started college you know I gained weight and that for me was foreign and of course there's always the negative comments from people hey you you, you gain weight you look heavier uh what what, what what have you been doing in college so and you know uh probably that those types of things actually don't affect me now but yes back then um So I think I went into one of those TV juice diets. Uh, so oh. I didn't eat for like three days. And that was the stupidest thing. I, I mean, because right <laughs> after you're done, basically, you just have diarrhea <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're not eating much. You're just eat, drinking a juice. You have diarrhea and you don't lose any weight because basically everything that you have lost is just diarrhea. Um, uh-huh. So it, it took me a while. So I went into like this yo-yo stage in my life. And it wasn't until at some point I actually, I've, I've always been very active. But during that period in time, I was not as active because I was focused in college. But it wasn't until I said to myself, and obviously enough, I need to learn more about how to have a, a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable, not just something that's going to be a quick fix. And I read this mm -hmm. book about, um, actually, it was uh, clean eating. Uh, with, uh, it was written okay. by Tosca Reno. Um, and she brought a great point where basically her diet or, you know, diet as of what we eat on a daily basis is just based on clean foods, fruits, vegetables, lean, lean meats, fish. And, I mean, it all makes sense. It's, it's everything. And, and she doesn't try to uh, she talks about deprivation and that's something that she mentions you know of course you have to eat healthy but you shouldn't be depriving mm -hmm. yourself uh and yeah it was at that point where i actually got it and it's something that i have kept with me during the, the rest of my life and even now as a runner uh so i started running consistently about two years ago and i'm a marathon and ultra marathon runner at this point So you need a lot, lots of calories to sustain that activity. But again, even though the the it's a, you have to fuel for a different activity, I still use the same principles. Eat healthy, yeah. eat fruits, vegetables. I'm never being into uh, any extreme or, or weird diet. And I know that there's a lot of those out there. Uh, try to you know control candy and sweets that they're not doing any good to your body but sometimes you actually crave them so you know it's it's just about finding that balance balance that's that's the thing in my case i i i, I for for a period of time i was also a chef self-made but then i started working in restaurants and whatnot and then doing cooking lessons and i love cooking i love food i'm the first one like if you invite me to a party i'm gonna say what do i bring whiskey wine beer i make bread you want me to make bread hey i made bacon ice cream you want me to bring it Um, but it's about not abusing. Um, I guess 
popular culture uh, uh, instills in us this idea that we have to do a lot of something to be healthy. Same thing, exercise, or hey, we have to do this extreme diet and in, in, mm-hmm. in, in just to just to be healthier. And what I try to tell people is that, for example, if if we rewind back to when we were like cavemen and cave women, um, there was no such thing as me stopping and t- you know, let's say you and I were hunting and you were like, oh, look at the animal, or no, no, let's find food, and I'm like, well, no, I got to do my Pilates now. You know, I can't because I can do Pilates or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or asking you like, hey, but is that paleo or how many calories of that, you know, mammoth has, you, we would just go and eat, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we have developed as an organism this natural way of knowing when we're full, when we have, we've had enough. And it has been throughout uh, different societies and cultures and ideas of, of abundance and whatnot that we have somehow distorted that notion yeah Yeah. and uh uh that's that's a very that's one of the things that i that i've been reading a lot uh lately about uh the process of evolution and and not just in 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 physical movement which is what i specialize in but in the nutrition also Uh, and i was uh listening to a as uh a speech from let's speak a presentation from the university of oxford and and the topic of evolutionary or the, the evolution of human nutrition uh and the professor was talking about these things like he was like okay perfect yeah we're talking about here uh, uh having taken all of these supplements or that i have to eat more protein versus more carbs versus more fats versus less this and that well thousands of years ago we never asked for that in fact if we rewind back to 500 years ago that didn't happen and so I came to the conclusion, and I posted it on my uh, on my Instagram that if all of this was required, like like let's say doing one specific exercise program like CrossFit or eating paleo diet, if this was really required for humans to have to evolve to what we are, not having done that for the thousands of years and the millions of years that we have been evolving, then it, it should have been you know our our demise. Yeah. We would have stopped accepting. So. So you mentioned you, you're doing uh, ultra marathons. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and well, I actually started. It's more of a change of terrain thing. Um, so normally most marathons are on road, and I started okay. running on on trails, which is it's a challenging thing. But it's a it's actually it requires other muscles than just road racing. Um, it's a very different. Uh, type of racing too because it's not just about going as fast as you can because if you overexert yourself uh at the beginning or going uphill you're not going to be able to finish so i think mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that actually even though it's really challenging it, it also teaches, teaches you uh balance and on a better understanding of your body um the other thing about trail running which is really interesting is that it's it's kind of like a strength sport and people sometimes don't see it that way so you need to cross train in order to be good at it uh so um and, and i think that's one part in which runners or an area in which runners sometimes don't really pay a lot of attention to it's uh Yep. To actually strengthen your muscles, uh, and you met your, your core. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. 
you mentioned that I, I talked to a running coach uh, here in the podcast a few weeks ago. I'll, I'll send you the link so you can listen. She's a good friend of mine. In fact, if you, when, whenever you're running here in Florida, uh, she, she does uh, also marathons and things like that. So I'll, I'll put you in contact with her. But she was mentioned about the importance of cross training and how many people, uh, runners specifically, are ignoring that. Uh, that's, that's very uh, important. What, are, what do you do for cross training? Like, what are you combining your running with? So I, so I, I actually, when I started running, I had this habit of not taking days off and just running, 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 running. And you know what happened afterwards, right? Injury, mm -hmm. injury, injury, injury. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I started to do is actually uh, combining my training with uh, what I call cross training. Sometimes it is just bike riding. Sometimes that, that depends on what I'm training for and, uh, well, my day at work, because obviously I, I'm, I'm busy during the day. So I had to find the best time to do certain things. Uh, but just even like hitting the gym and having a basic routine at the gym, you know, squats, uh, especially upper body and um, uh, the same thing with upper body and core, because you don't actually use them much as when you're running. Uh, or you don't mm -hmm. use them directly when you're running, but you actually need to have a strong core to be a good runner. So uh, it does affect. These are it does affect. Yes, it does affect. So uh, I normally try to do exercises to target the areas that I don't necessarily target when I'm running. Um, same thing with uh, exercises to um, incite glute activation uh, when I run, especially mm -hmm. going uphill. I am one. I am the type of runner who's uh, kind of like um, uh, that. I use overuse uh, my hamstrings a lot, so I'm hamstring heavy. So sometimes I do have to uh, make sure that my glutes are activated and that and, and that I'm conscious about the strides that I'm making while I'm running. Uh, it takes a lot of practice. It's not something that. Um, um, that sometimes comes naturally, but uh, eventually uh, you learn how to do it. And, and in doing that, I have avoided uh, injury. I haven't been injured in a while. Um, the one thing uh, that I would say about runners, and I actually took a week, uh, week or two weeks off recently, is that same thing. Like it's a heavy sport, and sometimes uh, you gotta take into consideration that you're not an athlete, you know, a full-time athlete. Uh, mm -hmm. you also have a life and you have family and you have a work and uh, a job that you have to attend to and sometimes you know your cortisol levels go up because you're stressed out or tired and that influences mm -hmm. or impacts your running so uh, you gotta be, listen to your body and there are times in which you are running that you feel your body talking to you loudly and saying I need a break uh, and mm -hmm. that happened to me two weeks ago. I was on a run, uh, trail run. We made it to the top of the mountain. And at the top, I, I was just like, okay, I feel my body is off balance right now. I definitely enjoy running. But right now, it's not being as enjoyable as it should be. So it's time for me to rest. And uh, I did it. I took two weeks off. I started running again. And I was feeling fantastic. Like I could take, I could take over the world. Uh, uh -huh. So those are things that you have to always take into consideration. It's, uh, you know, the cross training part is important because you exercise certain parts of your body that you don't necessarily exercise during running. And the other one will mm -hmm. be listen to your body. The, your body will tell you when you need to rest 
take that rest and avoid injury and enjoy the process. It's all about having exactly. fun with it. Exactly. I, I think that the balance aspect is very important. The cross training is very essential. I've trained uh, a few runners. I've trained, uh, uh, you know, uh, people who ride bicycles uh, and many athletes, uh, football players and whatnot. And I'm always trying to find a way to implement other movements that are not necessarily specific to the sport. However, that there is a carryover, that there is a translation from that movement to whatever it is that you do. Yes. Um, uh, not long ago, I was training a golf pro. And uh, for example, well, I, I found that not just golf, but baseball, for example, is a rotational sport. I found that uh, tennis is a rotational sport. Uh, I found that naturally we rotate our core when we move and we walk and we run. So I try to implement, you know, uh, a different, uh, uh, I would say, movement methods from or, or practices from those things into his golf. And his game went up a lot. And we very seldom like, did heavy lifting things. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I agree with that. That's something I try to avoid. Uh, it's actually doing heavy lifting. I obviously, it's you should lift enough so so you feel you are actually exercising. Uh, mm -hmm. But that was actually something that I learned very quickly years ago um, from a mentor. Actually, he he would tell me try not to, you know, you see all these people like lifting big weights and you, they cannot even complete a rep like you should be uh -huh. able to you know feel that challenge but at the same time be able to complete uh your your reps your reps exactly well and and and, and it, it, that's that's very important because i mean yeah i'm always trying to look at things from again this evolutionary and, and biological need uh perspective if we couldn't lift uh, 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 something, then we would just live it out and keep moving, right? Yeah. So that's what that's what what I try to help people understand when it comes to functional training. I mean, any training could be functional depending on what you do. Like if you run for ultra marathons and you train for that, then that's your functional training. Um, but I I bring it more to the level of practical training, daily living type of training, uh, and. I mean, again, going back to caveman, if, if I couldn't lift a big stone to kill a, a, a prey or to defend myself or defend my family, then I would leave that stone there. You know, I wouldn't go and break my back because breaking your back in that time would mean death. Yeah. And although it doesn't happen right now, like we're not in the African savannah running around and all this, injury means... I, I would say still mean death, right? Because then your organism will feel useless, right? And the basic, one of those basic human needs we have is that we need to be useful for not just ourselves, for the people that surround us. Like, you know, in my case, I have a daughter, I have a stepson, I have a wife, whatever. Whatever happened to them, I need to be able to be useful uh, for them. Yes, I, I, I find it's fantastic that you brought that point um, because I, I feel that's... Uh, a problem sometimes with the running community as well um again mm -hmm. I, I run it's it's something that i enjoy doing but i run to the point it does not take me away from my responsibilities uh and i yeah. see i feel sometimes and i see i've seen cases in which people for x or y reason uh i i, I don't want to judge because sometimes you just need that 
space to mm-hmm. kind of find a release. Uh, but some people put running above other things like, you know, your job or your family. And if you are not, you know, if you're doing something that's taking you away from the things that are important, it's not healthy anymore. Yeah, that's I had a, I used to have a friend that he was like that. Like we would call him. Uh, I would uh, like, hey, man, let's go to the beach. Okay, let me work out first. Uh, all right, we're going to the movies. All right, let me let me do a little workout here. Or let me, I gotta go to the gym first. Um, to the point that his girlfriend left him, and then you know, every, the little group of friends would stop calling him because fuck it, man, what, what's what's wrong with you? Um, and it was uh, this addiction problem to always feel hot, always feel that there he's being looked at, always feel pumped. The the the, the feeling of that pump yeah. it makes him feel stronger and whatnot. Um, so and that goes into you know problems with self image and and mm-hmm. which which we are seeing nowadays and I think that's part of the obsession that we have with the fitness with fitness nowadays. Um, uh-huh. I, I mean, I started working out basically because my mom worked out and uh, she taught me that it was something healthy to do. And as soon as I mm-hmm. started doing it, I was feeling good. I, I felt good about it. I felt energetic. So I've been exercising for basically since I was seven or eight years old. Um, All of your life. But the, in the last, I would say probably five, six, maybe 10 years, I feel like we are going a little bit overboard with fitness. Uh, it's important to exercise. It's important to have a balance. But I, I agree with you when you talk about uh, there are all these programs, all of these uh, extreme exercises that are sometimes a little bit unnatural for our human form. Or uh, mm-hmm. people, instead of having just do one workout a day, uh, they have two, three, five <laughs> workouts a day. Um, yeah. So there's a limit. The body can just take so much. Uh, so it's important mm-hmm. that we learn balance. Uh, balance I have in our relationships, balance in our fitness, and balance with family, job, etc. I've seen marriages break because of diets and exercises. I've seen family fighting. I've seen... Well, I mean, having worked in gyms, I used to work in the gyms in this gym in, in Puerto Rico, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, so I can mention the name. Uh, it was Active Living Club in Guaynabo. Uh, that's by near San Patricio. Yeah, I, re- anyway, I think I remember that gym. That was la creme de la creme of, you know, like the richest of the richest mm-hmm. would go there. And it was crazy. Like, you would see moms going there and just dropping their kids two, three, four hours, you know, and it, 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 there was a daycare. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and yes, you deserve your space. Right. But once, but I, if you have kids, I said, you shouldn't deserve a space in which you don't talk to your kids for five hours. You know, <laughs> they, they still need your attention. They're being intended by somebody else. Um, but you would see all of these crazy things in, 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 in which I would say in that case, even the, 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 the aspect of a social class affected too. And it was a crazy thing. I was called by a client once in a, on a Saturday. I, I remember because I, I always tell my clients, I'm, I'm with you, I'm for you from Monday to Friday. Uh, and we've, if we skip a workout and you have something like a, like a sporting event coming, Let's say I'm training you and you have a marathon coming and I say, hey, we can meet Saturday too to, to, to 
to meet the demand, right? Whatever it is that you need. Mm -hmm. But anyways, this client called me and she's like, hey, I have a wedding tomorrow. Do you think I should go? Because, uh, you know, I'm exercising with you and I'm doing this diet. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the first thing that I said was, if you were a family of mine or a friend of mine, I would just scratch you off in my book. Because that's not healthy. You're supposed to enjoy your family and your friends and all of you. And because of a diet, you're not going there. What is wrong with you? However, I have seen trainers telling their their clients that. I have seen trainers telling them, all right, uh, if you feel like it's your family, what's holding you back, then you find a way to move away from them. Uh, yes, I, and that's yes I, and I heard that. I heard that directly uh, before. Um, and, and, and in some cases, I, I may see, I, I can understand, for example, if there's someone who is battling a certain health issue and he, this person is surrounded by people who are unhealthy, I, I understand that, you know, establishing a distance. But, I mean, <laughs> nobody, it, not everybody, you know, we all have our limitations. You have a family and um, I, I think we're not perfect. Um, mm -hmm. so I think it's important that, again, you keep a balance, that you understand that, you know, exercise time is exercise time, that good nutrition doesn't have to be perfect all the time, that you are allowed to go for, you know, whatever you're craving for, you know, within a balance. And uh, for example, uh -huh. I love pizza and beer, and that's my go-to uh, craving, <laughs> uh, my guilty yeah. pleasure. And it's not like I'm drinking and, and eating beer. I mean, eating pizza every day, but, you know. But you get but, it. Yeah. Whenever you crave it, you get it. Of course. You have to enjoy life. I was talking to a uh, uh, body positivity coach from Canada uh, here in the podcast, too. And she mentioned something very interesting. And it, uh, she mentioned that it is worse and even unhealthy to eat a piece of cake with guilt than without it oh, right yes that is true and 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 it, i've seen this all the time i don't I, i've gotten to the point that i don't do diets that's the first thing i got on my website for people to read i don't do diets i don't do magic pills and even like that people go to my website read everything and they say hey but you don't, don't you have this uh, you know certain trick under the your sleeve that i can somehow transform my life in 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 30 days <laughs> and i'm like okay did you went to my website did you go to my website yeah i read it all did, did you read the paragraph the first paragraph <laughs> <laughs> and they were like uh, yeah but there was always this but um I think I was going to ask you. That may be huh? part of the social media. Um, I, I think we now live in a culture that it's all about instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, there are certain things in life that are not going to come quick to you. You have to work for them. And I think fitness and uh, establishing those really good, healthy habits uh, that takes a while. That takes yeah. practice. Well, that's that's and that's why I'm very interested in psychology. I remember when I was in university, I, we took uh, behavioral psychology and learning psychology, and I started to connecting that to sports training and physical education and all this. And I'm, I'm I think that more than fifty percent, in fact, almost ninety percent of this is psychological. 
So we think that we start doing a workout and somehow that's going to transform our lives. But the word transformation implies, you know, a great sacrifice implies uh, letting things be also implies changes that will not necessarily happen, happen in not even in, you know, we have this trend of a 12 week transformation programs. These things are not going to happen like that. Uh, and just like you said, social media then plays a big role in, in, in how we see things. I had a, I started doing online fitness coaching, right? And uh, this uh, th this lady calls me and I'm training her and she's, you know, I'm, I'm always not pushing things. Like if you call me and you tell me, hey, I haven't exercised in years or I have never exercised or never eaten any nutritious thing, I will not push you to a level of frustration. I would say, okay, instead of eliminating bad things, let's just add one good thing, mm -hmm. right, from your diet. And in exercising, uh, since we're doing it online and you can train literally or exercise whenever you want, wherever you want, or wherever you are in the world, then let's let's adapt this adapt this to your lifestyle. So you can break the workouts in th three five-minute workouts, right? And she was adapting to that she was and it was great that method was great for her because her work required you know 12 hour shifts so she could literally do five minutes from the workout here and there and then five minutes from the workout here and there she was uh losing weight although i'm not a weight loss uh trainer that's something that she was looking for so she was going there but then i remember in the second month she started texting me like through my fitness app like hey i saw this cleanse pineapple cleanse whatever on facebook and i'm okay that's a bunch of noise ignore that i i gave you stick to the plan i gave you a very simple basic nutritional advice that you can do that for your lifestyle for you for your way of eating whatnot if you go to the side of social media you're gonna go crazy and she's like oh, oh okay thank you next day oh i saw this other thing on facebook and the thing was that she had joined all of these crazy groups of clean cleansing and and crazy stuff she ended up quitting the exercises and and the basic stuff that i was giving her and then i saw her on facebook and she was like twice the size that she was before she started with me uh, and it's very very frustrating from my from a physical educator yeah that's, trainer that, yeah, that's a very sad story um and i think mm -hmm. um Fitness and uh, the same thing with the um, I, I I guess the health medicine industry goes through the same as uh, as we go. I mean, scientists have the same issue, where now uh, everyone can just go out in the internet. The internet is such a wonderful resource, but you have to be mm -hmm. careful with what you read. But now we have all these people who believe that because they read an article on wikipedia or something on facebook or something on instagram they are experts so it's uh -huh. kind of like the fight between you know you have a formal a formal education at an accredited institution so it's the fight between you know being a professional from x y or z college against people who are <laughs> pretending to graduate from Wikipedia University or Facebook college. Uh -huh. I mean, we, we joke about it, but it's true. There's so much uh, misinformation out there. Uh, and I think that's, it's, it's really important that people like you and me continue to 
talk about our respective fields like you're doing here with the podcast and mm-hmm. really educate people on on you know what's real uh-huh it's it's hard it's very hard i in my case i live in a very rural area of central florida so this is more of a like a retired community uh people and like more very southern very traditional uh, uh type of community and you know there's hispanics and there's uh, latinos and all that but still everyone that comes here sort of uh, uh subscribe to that mentality of, of rural america and there is actually there is a uh, 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 data that proves not necessarily proof but that 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 well that says that rural areas in america are the worst areas when it comes to health because of the there are many factors but one of the factors is that whatever it is that they believe at some point that's what they're going to stay with period so when i say to people hey perhaps you don't need to lose weight maybe like for example i was i was approached by a lady at the supermarket uh she saw that i was like you know uh, uh in shape or whatever and she's like hey what are you doing I'm like, hey i'm a personal trainer i'm a physical educator i help people move better whatnot and she's like oh i wake up every morning and my back is killing me perhaps i need to lose weight so i look at it from the rehabilitation standpoint i say no maybe you don't need to lose weight perhaps you need to work on restructuring your body, right? That is perfectly aligned in posture and strengthening the muscles that you need to strengthen or the fascial tissues that needs to be worked mm-hmm. for you to be, to deal with that. And she's like, so you're telling me that I don't have to do any diets or weight losses. That's what everybody says. And I mentioned, hey, here's my card. If you give me just, you know, check out my website, give me a call and I can give you a free consultation and, uh, uh, I will, I will literally prove to you that you don't need to lose weight to eliminate a pain. And in fact, she wasn't even extremely obese. Uh, that's one of the biggest issues with this society that we see someone at a certain size and we say, holy cow, this is a very fat person. And perhaps you could be a little fatter or a little obese, but that doesn't mean that you cannot be fit. Oh, yes, that's true. And uh, but I have found that in the in the research that rural areas have very a very hard time. Another of the reasons is that it, you know to go to the park is is far. Like it takes me it takes me, you know, twenty minute drive to get to the nearest park to to go and exercise. So very little people go there. Uh, there is very little uh, illumination in the streets. So very little people go out after work and exercise or or before work. Um, there are a lot of regulations in uh, retired communities, like where I live, for example, is mostly a retired community, and there is a golf course. And I'm always moving out and climbing trees, but uh, there is this sort of like self-made regulations where the community says, well, you can't be here, you know, exercising, or you can't walk your dog here, or whatnot. Uh, but also, uh, there are insurance regulations. I try to I try to speak to the golf pro and the administration to bring some sort of like uh, community classes. And the the reason and excuse was no insurance, 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 insurance. So people just stay at their homes and do nothing. Uh, versus big cities and more like younger population areas. And that's very that's sad. That is sad. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, in a couple of months, I'll be moving to uh, near Orlando, which is a younger population and whatnot. And see, we'll see. Uh, well, I will prove my theory 
and you know the differences between living in rural America and more city. Yeah, I, 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 yeah uh, I agree with you. Um, I lived, I mean, after Puerto Rico, I lived in um, the Washington D.C. area, obviously big city, mm-hmm. uh, and people move. Like you see, a lot of people, lot, lots of active people. Um, from there, I moved to Albany, New York, which is technically a city, but it's more, uh, I would say, uh, less than of, of a hassle than uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And I, I did notice that um, that depending on different areas and different age groups, you, you could see less interest in, in actually being physically fit or, or engaging in, mm-hmm. in any sort of, you know, activity uh and then uh even here in monterey uh california it's very active but if you compare monterey with any other county because this is more of a rural area you you can see differences especially in certain illnesses i think there's a big um campaign right now uh trying to get people to exercise in order to prevent heart disease uh and it's Mm -hmm. targeted to monterey area because i think it's it's doing very poorly compared to the rest of California. Um, oh, okay. Here, here is, uh, 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 in this area, it's like that. I'm, I'm, I'm always very observant and, and trying to, uh, and even more now for, for research for my book and podcast and whatnot, I'm looking at people and in this area, people are, it's not necessarily that they're big in size. That doesn't really tell me anything but you see it for example in the way they walk they're leaning forward their backs are all messed up their heels are all swollen um you can see young people because i mean if you even are in the 60s you're relatively young and and, and you're you could be functional yeah. uh with yeah. with breathing age uh, aids uh going to the market and and that's very worrying um i i i think you know the Another, I, I read something about how in this society, mostly in America, um, sweating is seen as something bad. Like intrinsically, people think, well, I, I don't want to sweat, right? And there has been cases and interviews that I've read of people when they're asked like, hey, would you keep moving and exercising after you graduate high school? And they're like, no, I already said sweat it all that I had to sweat and I don't plan to do it anymore uh, so I, I would like to find out what the heck is going on with that but that's yet another aspect um, another thing and this is a very touchy uh, uh, um, uh, aspect is the religious aspect when where I live is extremely religious uh, and it has been found that the more religious you are, the less physical activity, the more you somehow think that you will be safe anyways. Uh, again, going back to, to, to perhaps thinking that we've transcended the, our biological needs. And that's, uh, that's very interesting. I, I'll still have to read a little more about it and find research and studies and books and, and whatnot, but it is a very, uh, uh, important topic too. No, that's definitely very interesting. Mm-hmm. And something that I had a case. Addressed. I did uh, my my uh, teaching practice what was where we graduated from. Um, and uh, I had one of the uh, 
there in uh, Margarita Hanel. And one of my students, I was I was uh, getting ready for the topic of, I think it was volleyball, right? And there was this very obese, uh, hard-breathing girl. She was in 11th grade. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, you're, you know, very Thank unhealthy. You. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, it's not about the size. It's about how I observe her movements and, you know, going upstairs from the from the lunchroom. Remember, you know, there were a few stairs. Yes. I mean, it was she was having a very hard time. But anyways, when I was ready to start the volleyball topic, she told me that she couldn't do volleyball or basketball or any of these sport recreational sports that we did because her religion prohibited it. And uh, so I, I wrote a letter to her parents and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is unfair. I'm not, if she doesn't participate in class, she cannot, I cannot grade her. Um, and they sent me a letter back that it was true that the pastor of the church, whatnot, uh, 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 he, he says that they cannot do this sort of mundane stuff. And it was a back and forth uh, to the point that the pastor came to talk to me and the parents came to talk to me. And, and I was upset because I said, look at her. She's not even 16 years old or whatever. And she's, she can't breathe while she walk. That's not healthy. It doesn't matter how you think she's going to be saved. And you can believe in whatever you want. I respect that, but that's not healthy. And also it is not fair for me to grade all of these kids who are, working hard for the grade and just give her an A or just a, a B for participation. And uh, I, I got in trouble with my supervisor because I met, I said to, to her parents that I said, even Jesus Christ can come here and take my class and he'll have to take it to pass the class. <laughs> and they were of course, extremely offended and whatnot, but I stood my ground and uh, my, my supervisor, you know, gave me uh, uh, he was on my side because I was like, what am I going to do? Plus it's unhealthy, but clearly religion has a big uh, role in how we see and engage in physical activity and healthy practices and whatnot. And although it is a touchy topic and it's a very uncomfortable thing, I, I, I am trying to venture into that area to see how it goes and to see why is it that it, it is like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially, you know, dealing with kids. I agree with you. At that age, she shouldn't be, she should be able to be healthy, able to be thriving and uh, not being, you know, having struggle just going a flight of stairs. I think this reminds me of that case of a lady who was suing the school because the teacher made them run for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and the students passed yeah. out. I was I was in shock because first at that age, I, I think kids can should be fit to be able to do any activity for 10 minutes. Obviously, yeah. there are different kids with different needs, but a healthy kid should be able to run around. It doesn't have to be at any pace, but at least run around and be physically active for 10 minutes. And instead yeah. of being worried about the fact that, you know, my kid is spending too much time watching TV or too much time on Facebook or whatever, or playing video games, uh, the mother sued the school and the, and the teacher. <laughs> exactly. Well, I shared it. I shared it on, 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 on Facebook. <laughs> I said that, um, I mean, and this is true. 10 minutes was just a warm up when we were kids. 
right? Oh, yes. uh, I did. <laughs> I did baseball, I did basketball, I did karate, I did boxing, and 10 minutes was just the minimum warm-up. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. I did uh, martial arts, I, I ran uh, track when I was in high school, um, I did, I've done martial arts as an adult, uh, ran the classical gym, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, hit. Yeah, 10 minutes is normally your 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 warm-up um and and it, it's especially at that age i mean it's sad to see kids struggling just to run around for a little while that shouldn't happen yeah i was uh, i met a lady uh i will start uh i met a, a martial arts teacher uh here in town and we are getting together so i can do like group fitness classes and whatnot and there's this lady who goes to the to the karate school for his uh, stepson her, uh, her grandson, I'm sorry, and my daughter goes there. And so we're, we got into talking about her uh, health and fitness and experiences and whatnot. And she's telling me, well, you know, I run two miles every day and I uh, I go and do Zumba also. And I'm like, and, and she's kind of like sort of complaining about how she's not healthy. I'm like, no, at your age, 60 something, 70 something years old, you do all that, you're doing much more than any skinny girl out there or skinny kid who is on the phone all day yeah. and uh, that's that's the that's why i keep saying that perhaps the the idea that everything is fixed with weight loss is not necessarily truth right i mean this lady can literally go to that school <laughs> in mexico and outrun every single kid and not pass out oh yeah that, it, yeah i i that's certainly a, a you brought another thing the and i think you mentioned it twice um the fact that you know not necessarily because you're skinny you're healthy uh, and mm -hmm. i heard i still hear that all the time um you are healthy you're skinny or uh, even people like even from kids i've heard from kids mm -hmm. saying oh my mom does my dad or my mom does not need to work out because you're skinny and and that's not that's a, a real that's not the reality that's actually far away from the truth i actually have mm -hmm. a, a very good friend of mine whose mother beautiful woman uh she looks very young and she almost lost her life not too long ago because of her inactivity and uh she was smoking mm -hmm. um probably a little bit too much she had a clot uh, in one of her legs, and that became a really dangerous situation. And that has wow. changed. Now she's a very active woman, still attractive, still beautiful, still still skinny. Uh, but there's no yeah. more to just, you know, your size or how do you look uh, to health. Well, I think uh, the the beauty is much more and because one of the biggest issues with the health and fitness uh industry is that you know people want to look more beautiful and it has nothing to do um i'm gonna go real quick to this uh, anecdote I, my best friend he's a very heavy person right he's a lawyer and whatnot and he used to cook with me and we would hang out and i was the guy in shape who was the trainer going you know working at a gym and moving all day but he was the one getting all the poems from the girls <laughs> wherever <laughs> we hung out. And so one day we're just, you know, we decided to just hang out. This is my apartment and, and we started just drinking. And I said, hey, man, how the hell is it that you get all of his phone numbers and you're like every weekend you have a, a you have new dates and I'm working out and I, 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 I'm not. 
and he came he said uh well your issue is confidence right and i remember because I, I, at that point i was a very shy person so you know any it could be like the hottest woman in the world approached me and i would just you know keep my eyes down and i wouldn't be approachable let's just put it that way and he was a very approachable person he was like the life of a party like making people smile and making people not just women but men too right uh, everybody and to the point like if i would go to a uh, uh like common friends uh, uh party and he wasn't there everybody would ask for him so it has nothing to do and he explained that it has nothing to do with how you look. It's just you need to be confident and trust yourself. And and it doesn't really matter if you get the phone or not. It's it's the point of being an approachable person. Yeah, right? and I, yeah, that confidence is part of you know of being healthy. That's part of having mm -hmm. emotional health. Exactly, and uh, that that was very shocking to me. And then yeah, I started working on that. Uh, and implementing it not necessarily in dating or whatever but even in my personal training clients they started noticing that i was a very uh, kind of like a different person more trustable more active uh, more uh, proactive when it comes to talking to them and approaching them and whatnot and i'm i'm, I'm not a, a old school trainer i don't yell at people i hate that uh if i know that you're doing something and you are in pain i'm not going to push you to keep doing it i'm going to modify it for you and i'm not and and normally i'm very uh uh I would say permissive when it comes to, let's say you call me and say, hey, Juan, I cannot train today because I have a, a, a business travel. I'm not going to get angry because of that. And I'll try to find a way then to sort of like adapt to your schedule. Um, so, but even like that, it was a very different story. So it, it, again, how you look and, and how, you, how much you weight, weight is a, a very big issue when people learn numbers um they tend to relate that to health and that's very sad and that's why i do this to try to educate people and that and also try to explore because different cultures have different ideas of what health is and how perhaps i can learn from other cultures and implement them not just in me but on my clients and write it no, in the book that, i talk. agree with that. that that is very true um that's something that I've, i have i have been blessed with um having been able to travel a lot for work and uh, mm -hmm. definitely there's a different views on what healthy means to different cultures and yeah it's definitely beneficial to learn about those different standpoints uh -huh. well, I, to our lives i went to a uh like a fitness equipment show in los angeles that's the one i mentioned at the beginning uh and the life fitness you know the company has uh like different branches all over the world so there was the people from japan from from the middle east from australia from brazil and whatnot and in the morning one of the mornings they introduced before putting them in the show in a trade show they every uh employee of the company had to go for a workout to experience the new equipment right and literally you could have you could have a chubby Japanese guy and a chubby Brazilian guy, and they were literally out working out every chubby American. And they looked the same, right? They they technically looked the same, but these people were much more functional and had much more ener energy. And you could see it, uh, of course, there's no way to see that, but you could see, I would say, 
the emo their emotional energy when it comes to waking up early and having you know gone to enjoy the time and having fun and they were there working out but because they wanted to be with everybody and just hang out versus oh, i just wanted to sleep a bit more oh, oh you know and they were literally out working every chubby american now like okay so that's that that's one point that i was discussing with my boss that day is the looks it doesn't necessarily mean then that because you are chubby or fat, you are less functional or less fit than somebody else. That was uh, that was a very interesting point. But anyways, hey, um, I'm gonna have to cut it here. <laughs> gotta pick up. Yeah, this, is, gotta pick this up. has been a really good conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, um, I mean, I, I want to start, as I said, I want to start a podcast in Spanish, too, because some people have been asking uh, friends from Puerto Rico and whatnot. So I'll let you know, and perhaps we can uh, uh, talk uh, uh, en español. Definitivamente. <laughs> True. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. I am. Uh, I have a friend. Uh, the, the, the lady that I mentioned is a running coach. I'm going to put you in contact with her. Uh if, you know, if you're running, she's a very uh, super cool people, a person. Uh, but she also has a podcast, very interesting. It's called Brincando el Charco, and they. I'll send you the link. Oh on, yeah, on, definitely. On. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be more than glad to connect with her. Yeah, because she taught. They taught. It's, it's about you know like Puerto Ricans moving out of the country and all that. And and I think you would be a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, person that she would like to talk to you. But anyways, I'll send you all that information. Thank you very much, Mayra, for... Thank uh, you. For, thank you, for Thank you so much. That was fun. Yeah. Awesome. And hey, whenever, if you come to Florida, let me know. Well, now, if you come to Southern California or Los Angeles again, uh, please, you know, feel free to stop by. Woo. Yep. We'll get, we'll get some pizza and beer and get healthy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work out and then go to it yeah. and beer. We'll work it out. <laughs> Have a good one. All right. Have fun. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.